1: Ask a team member, and they'll do their best to point you in the right direction.
0: Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole at Whole Foods Market.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right. F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rough Cut SportsCast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy, AJ Johnson. What's up, buddy? How's it going on the debut of
1: the live edition here? Hey, it's good. It's a good day. It, it it's weird that it's here. You know it's crazy? Like. I feel like when we normally do the shows and we're ready and we get it recorded and it's, you know, the day we're in and then the rest of the week happens this week has been different. Like it's been like a countdown, almost like a kid getting ready to go on a field trip. You know, you can't sleep the night before you're all excited the day of, Like It's, it's been good. It's been good. I've I've been excited.
0: Normally, normally we don't retake anything. Normally, like when we do the shows, it's pretty straightforward. We, there's no, there's not really any cutting or editing or anything like that. like, this is completely behind the curtain for everybody listening, like or watching. It's really like we don't we don't do any editing really. It's just the audio goes in, the yeah, go right. in, and that's that's really it. Make so sure it
1: sounds you know quality, not like that crap on your like Samsung five from back in the day. Those people <laughs> who don't update their phones. No, <laughs> it gives you some good quality, but other than that, you know, you get hundred percent us. How week in stars? and week out.
0: How many stars?
1: Six star content, baby. Oh, six yeah, six star. Six star. Contract. We love the game. And five is a 2020 thing, bro.
0: For those watching and, and are like, oh, my God, like this is completely different from what their normal lives look like, because it looks like shit. Oh, it looks like crap. <laughs> what their normal lives look like I mean, yeah, we, we we changed it up a little bit. We had to do something big for this live stream. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, though. We really appreciate it. We're going to be talking about the NFL today and the NFL playoffs for that matter. I'm excited, man. I've been waiting for this. Although, obviously, I don't have a dog in this fight, and you don't either. I'm still, of course, excited for this, man. This is – it's playoff time. It's a playoff field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, First year of seven playoff teams. I'm excited to see how that works out in a year like this. It's already affecting one team. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that as we go on. It's – that second seed, man, they're they're really the ones that's gonna have to feel an effect from this. To see a second seed run to the Super Bowl this year, like they they should get some real credit if that if they make that happen. That extra game, a lot of people are like, whatever, it's one more game. Nah, man, they need that. Like they they, they yeah. could have easily benefited from that buy. So we'll see how they play it out over wildcard weekend. It's a couple days away. I'm stoked.
0: Yeah. Spoiler alert! I have one of my the second seeded teams. I have some some really big talking points on them a little bit later. So you're going to have to stick around for that. I'm I'm very excited for this though. For those who are watching on Facebook or Twitter, you can comment and let us and we will see it and we will interact with you all night long. Okay. We have fancy new tools now that really allows us to interact with you guys to the fullest capacity. So really. If you have comments, if something if something catches your mind, if you have something on your mind, let us know. Drop it in the comments, and we will be more than happy to bring it up on the show. For but before we get into anything, AJ, and, and this isn't even we're not even getting into the plugs yet, by the way. We're not even getting to the plugs. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm wearing this shirt here today. Yeah. I know this yeah. is a football show. And we're we're actually talking hockey tomorrow. But I gotta give a shout out to Team USA and the World Juniors for winning gold. Not only winning gold, but beating Canada as the underdog. Yeah, Team yeah. was looked down on. Canada out was outscoring their opponents like forty four to like nine heading into this game, like an unreal number.
1: Last night, USA Juniors showed Canada Canada what well, we were a boot. Oh, oh one hundred. <laughs>
0: okay, now I'm going into the plugs here. Okay, I, I can't. I can't with this. This is uh, – oh, oof. Let's get I can't it. take it, eh? Let's, oh, God. I can't. No, I can't take it. That's my answer. I cannot. <laughs> I, I can't take it on that one. But let's pay some bills here, AJ. Let's uh,
1: tell them where they can follow. Ooh-hoo, look at that. Oh, it's so sprucey. Well, now you know I got it right. Twitter at roughcut underscore sports. Bailey Reichardt throwing that down there. Facebook at Sports. We're going to fix that up for everybody. <laughs> and then on Instagram at the rough cut sports cast, hit that like, hit that share, subscribe, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your brother, tell everybody
0: going down here.
1: Six star yeah. content.
0: And of course this show is always sponsored by halftime sports collectibles. Those guys over there are absolutely killing it. Go check them out. Halftime sports Collectibles. Dot com. They've got great stuff on their site. We've talked about the Devonte Adams signed cleat. Talked about the DJ Chark signed cleat. That Cam Akers helmet that we discussed. Jameis Winston signed helmet man. Go to halftime sports Check them out; you will not be disappointed. And really, I I just I mean, it's my birthday is coming up, and I personally am going to have a lot of stuff from halftime sports collectibles on my list. So if anyone wants to be nice enough, go check them out. See <laughs> something I like. They even have hockey stuff, man. So
1: you can definitely Impressive. check it out. AJ, you have to post yourself a wish list, man. I I should.
0: I for for all the fans listening at home, watching or listening at home. <laughs> I mean, it, your boy's birthday, January 27th. It's coming up. It's fastly approaching. It's my hey, brother's birthday.
1: Is it really? Yeah. My you sister's know, is on the 22nd. or I'm sorry, the 26th. Oh, Lord. Rest oh. in peace, Kobe. And then on the 27th is my uh, brother's birthday.
0: Huh. You know you what? Know, me being the dumb kid that I was, so my brother, my oldest brother, is February 27th, and my middle brother is August 27th. So growing up, all of our birthdays are all on the same day, different it's months. crazy. I'm I'm yeah. like, okay, so every family has, like, their, their their brothers and sisters. Their birthdays are the same date but different months. It's like mine. That's how it is. It's just how it works. And then I was made fun of a lot in middle school for not knowing that that was not.
1: Yeah, that's not how that goes down. But, hey, you know, you're a kid. You know, you have to learn. Exactly, exactly. So
0: <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into the football talk here. We've got the playoff talk coming up in a little bit, but there's something on my mind that's really <laughs> bothering not really bothering me, but it's really – it's the talk of the town leading up into the playoffs, and it's the coaching carousel, man.
1: Which is so funny. It,
0: it is. It is. This reminds me – you ever <coughs> A games where there was an actual coaching carousel feature where you'd get offered jobs and there were so many jobs open? Yeah. Like this is like that. The NFL is starting to become like that. I feel like – I think in the past decade, there's been at least – I think th- I read this stat earlier today. In the past decade, there have been at least – Five head coaching vacancies every single year that's a Sounds lot. about right that that's a lot man that is a lot and right now i'll pull it is it is it's, it's it's wild dude it's crazy and right now i'm gonna pull up the graphic here oh we've got so many things on this this is working out the kinks boom there you go those are the teams <laughs> that need coaches right now the jackson my beloved jacksonville jaguars the new york jets The los angeles chargers the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, and the Atlanta Falcons. AJ, you're at – wait a second. You're Atlanta Falcons. My Jackson Jaguars yeah. are on there. Let's be real here, though, AJ. Which team, which spot is the best place for a coach to go?
1: All right. So the Jaguars spot is very enticing. Having the number one pick, more than likely um, – Trevor Lawrence and whatnot, but you know, one thing I've had an issue with, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this to you a couple of days ago is sure. You got that number one pick and Trevor Lawrence, but that organization, it still needs a lot, a lot of help. Uh, I think the term I use was one thing we've seen about the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last five years is there's always a knife looking for a back. Think about this team. I'm sure that they lost that team, that studded defense that was so tight-knit, was so there for each other, reminded everyone a lot of Seattle uh, back when they had the Legion of Boom. Think about how they all just dispersed. You know when I think that happened? When they re-signed Blake Bortles for three years after that run they had in the AFC Championship and couldn't get it done. We knew Blake Bortles wasn't the guy. So, yes, that's an enticing little pick. But if you ask me, I'm now thinking it's the Chargers. The Chargers, with letting Anthony Lynn go, seeing what Justin Herbert did this year, that star-studded offense with Keenan Allen, the big threat in Mike Williams, the back out there in Austin Eckler, and a defense that honestly is year in and year out injuries away from being one of the best secondaries and best defenses in the league, that's something that I think a coach who knows what he's doing can come in there and make a big difference right away. They've got a lot of talent and a lot of potential going into the future. So if, if it's me... And they're going to have a good draft pick this year, if I'm not mistaken. So if it's me, I'm I'm lining up for the Chargers job as one of my first picks.
0: Yeah, you you really I this is this just goes to show that our show prep is out the window here because I literally had that same exact yeah with the charge. The thing is, is like there is a lot of work in Jacksonville. There is a yeah. lot of work in Jacksonville. But you have the picks, you have the cap space, and you have that franchise quarterback sitting in your lap right there and Trevor Lawrence with that first overall pick. But that's a lot of work. Justin Fields. Settle down. That's a lot of work though. And in LA, you already have the biggest piece of the puzzle right there for you. You have Justin Herbert right there waiting for you. And there's a there's a difference between teams that where the Jaguars, they need a culture change. The Jets. They need a culture change. Detroit, another culture change. But you, when you look over at a team like, let, let's say, a new team here, Atlanta, that team doesn't need a culture change. That team is not rebuilding. That team is you're going to go in there and you are. That's a championship type team that you need to get to that level. They might not be a right. championship now because of coaching, but eventually you need to get it to that level, and that is your job. So when you look at a team like Jacksonville, it's like you have, you don't have a GM. You don't know who the GM is. And as of right now, there's talks about Urban Meyer coming to this team before a GM is even brought in. I don't know how a team like that brings in a coach before a GM.
1: What are your thoughts on that? Well, let me ask. Actually, I'm glad you threw it. I want to ask you this question. Do you see a situation with the type of money that Urban Meyer is looking for, where he comes in there and tries to pull like a Ron Rivera or you know what Chip Kelly was doing, and tries to have GM duties as well as head coaching?
0: I've I've been hearing that so much, and like there's been talk about Shad Khan having a bigger role. He came out and said that he wants to play a bigger part in where this team is going. In I the like North. Shad Khan, by the way, I like him. I he he's. He's willing to spend the money. It's great. Right. It's, it's great that he's doing so. But if you bring in Urban Meyer, first of all, that's a mistake. Second of all, if you bring in Urban Meyer to do what Bill O'Brien did in Houston, then you're really screwing things up. And that's bad. That's real, real bad. The obvious coaching candidate to me, it's been it's someone that there is a red flag and I'll get to it. Eric Bieniemy, for from Kansas City, the offensive coordinator. Now one of his big knocks is the fact that he's he doesn't really call the plays in Kansas City. That Andy Reid has been the guy who's taken over and he does most of the play calling. That's his big red flag. But you know what he has? He has experience. You know what yeah. he has? He has a Super Bowl ring. You know what Urban Meyer has? Zero NFL coaching experience. Now if you want a culture change, that's where I mean that's that's an obvious choice to me. Like it's it's Eric Bieniemy He's going to bring that new culture, that new style. He's worked with Patrick Mahomes. Now he'll get Trevor Lawrence. It's a match made in heaven.
1: Listen, I, I get I get the thought process about the zero NFL coaching experience. And to me, that applies in certain cases, but not in the case of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a bona fide credential statting coach. Like, he's got the resume. This man has been living, eating, breathing, coaching for the better part of 40 years at this point now. He's been successful in everywhere he went from Utah to Florida to Ohio state. And though he has left most of those places in scandal, he's also left two of those three places in a great continuation spot to continue to compete year after year. Look at Ohio state. Ryan day is already getting co- a conversation like Lincoln Riley was about coming to the NFL and being somebody that could take the next leap. I don't think he's ready. Urban Meyer is not somebody I think you worry about. He, he, Another Florida coach to me, he's like Billy Donovan in the basketball side of things. He's just that type of coach who can come to the next level because he's done it all. He's seen it all. He's also a player's type of coach, and that helps your transition into the NFL. Urban Meyer is not a guy who's afraid to go to his players, his leaders in that locker room, and talk to them and see what he's doing and what needs to be done and how things can, can mesh together. So I get your take with, you know, zero coaching experience. But if there's ever a team to get your feet wet, where you may have a little leeway, it's one of these teams where it's Jacksonville or Detroit or Los Angeles or something like that. So I don't worry too much about the coaching experience from Urban Meyer in that situation. Well, who do you want your Falcons to get? Eric, the enemy. <laughs> Listen, I, I, so when we had Kyle Shanahan, the defense... As of right now, it is blowing my mind. I do not recall who the defensive (laughs) coordinator was. Right now? The the interim head coach right now? No, 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 Uh, no. When Shanahan was there, who the defensive coach was, when we we went to the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. I want us to get another offensive-minded coach. I want us to have somebody who is going to be able to win almost any shootout. I want to get back to putting yards and putting points on the scoreboard. Because when that's happening, our defense has been able to feed off of the offense. The other problem we've had in Atlanta is our defense can't stay healthy. And I've lamented this year in and year out. The secondary that we once had, the linebacking core that we once have, and actually still do have with Deion Jones and Foyaluaquan, it's been fantastic. But they have no help in the backfield because nobody can stay healthy. So, what do you do when you can't stop anybody? When you can't, when all you can catch is a cold, aka you know COVID, oh, <laughs> oof, oof. you play offense. You score points. You make their defense have to adjust to the way you put an offense on the field. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at what they were able to do while their defense was still putting things together. Look at what Seattle did this year in the early goings when their defense was still putting things together. So I'm looking for an offensive-minded coach. We had Dan Quinn, a defensive "quote unquote" guru from Seattle, that didn't pan out. I gave, I gave him more chances than any other Falcon fan there was. When it's time to go, it's time to go. You say we don't need a culture change? I agree to an extent, but from from that coaching staff, that coaching staff needs a culture change. You need a re. I think the Falcons they need a
0: reset. They're a team that just yeah. need a reset. They don't need a full rebuild. Right, Right. I think there's a difference between a reset and a rebuild. And before I get into my next point here, everyone who's watching right now, let us know who you think is the best location for a head coach right now and why, or if any of your teams are listed on this list here, I'll pull it up one more time for you. If you need to remember, if there is any team on this list that is your team, let us know who you want. Let us know who you don't want. Let us know in the comments. We'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. But AJ, I want to point something out here. You brought up urban Meyer and how, talking about how he's a winner and things like that. I've seen so many people talk about how urban Meyer is, was a winner at Florida. He was a winner at Ohio state. He didn't have, I mean, he brings winning a winning culture to your team. I want to point something out here. What did he do at Ohio state? Well, I mean, I get, he, he didn't bring a culture to Ohio state. He didn't Ohio state right now. I'm looking at it right now before, before him, He was, they were six and seven. That's bad. The season before that, 12 and one, 11 and two, 10 and three, 11 and two, 12 and one, 10 and two. I don't need to go any further. That sounds like a winning culture already there. So what he did. What about after? What about after? Once he got there. What what about after when Urban Meyer left? Yeah. No, when Urban Meyer got there 12 and 0, 12 and 2, 14 and 1, 12 and 1, zero national championships. I mean, it doesn't really look, I mean, they went to two national championships before he got there with, with Jim Trestle. And then Luke fickle came in there for one year and stunk it up. There really isn't there. He, he went to the national championship once at Ohio state. Once BCS, bowl (laughs) their big bowl, do your six bowl game the rest of the way, but sugar bowl, Rose bowl, fiesta bowl, national championship, national championship, fiesta bowl. And uh, that's, that's what happened beforehand. So it's like so what a lot
1: of people. New culture. What a lot of people forget, and and this is right whenever Meyer got here. Um and, and it was it's it was blasphemy for me to even I was on this when it was happening because Florida State was doing something similar. They were winning nonstop. You brought up when he got there, that twelve and zero, then that twelve and two season. They went about twenty twenty one games before losing. And they weren't allowed in the BCS bowl because they were banned from what Trestle did. So they had a whole season and a half, two seasons where they were off the radar because they were banned. And then when they were finally allowed to get back, what was the first thing they did? They kept their winning ways. Yeah. They were right back in the thick of everything. So yeah, you're talking about a powerhouse of a school. We get that. Do you, do you think, and I know this is going far and, and hitting you at home. Do you think that if, if Nick Saban left next year, the Alabama team wouldn't be good. They would be. They would still be That's a powerhouse of a school. Yeah. It's you a power- have to bring in the right coach to maintain something you already have. But if you don't have it, you need to bring somebody who's been around it. And Urban Meyer is a guy like that.
0: But he didn't do anything at Ohio State. Like he didn't change any cultures at Ohio State. He had to maintain it. You I have to maintain it you can't you, there for, let's see let's see here he was there for how many years let's let's just double check here he was there for seven. one two three four five six years he was there for six years so at least four of those years or three of those years is still with the same crop of talent that was there there that was recruited well before that okay?
1: I oh, don't know. I'm going to need to I'm, check the senior numbers on that.
0: I'm, I would like to look, okay, we can look a little bit deeper into that. But what I will say, he did it at Florida. He changed the culture at Florida. And I think that, I, I think that should be mentioned, but at Ohio state, he did not do anything special. His winning ways.
1: I don't think were that special. I think you're underplaying. I think you were underplaying let me tell how you, detrimental he was to that team.
0: Let me tell you this. If, if Nick Saban were on the market today, I would still have the same exact feelings towards Nick Saban as, as urban Meyer. Maybe not the same exact ones where, I mean, Nick I Saban, believe you. Nick Saban's a God, <laughs> but Nick Saban, at least with Nick Saban, he has the NFL experience where he sucked. But if both, if Nick Saban didn't have any NFL experience and urban Meyer with his college football experience, both of them just only had college experience and both of them were candidates right now, I would still much rather Eric Bieniemy over either of
1: those coaches. One hundred. You, you have to be hesitant. You know, you're bringing somebody to a new level, but that's. I mean, you, you're vetting these guys so well when it's that situation. You know, this isn't something like all of a sudden. And I, I, I promise you, the Jacksonville Jaguars have talked to Urban Meyer well before this point. This isn't you know a brand new thing. Why do you think he's able to come to them with the money he asked for? They have they have a relationship that's standing. I mean, has he offered uh, put an offer on the table for any other team? I haven't heard it if he has. This, Los
0: Angeles, Los Angeles is they've they've requ- I think they've requested permission to talk to him.
1: Yeah, but he. I mean, like he's not. Okay, that's fine. Either way, I, I also really like. If you had asked me first if who over should go, I might have told you the charges. I love the idea of Trevor Lawrence coming to him in his lap, but I also really like the idea of him already having a proven QB in Justin Herbert. Like that that'd be a fine, fine landing spot for Urban Meyer. The only- but what I'm getting at is I think I think you were underplaying how much Urban Meyer still meant to Ohio State. You can't just have any coach come into a powerhouse and hope that it maintains. They still have to be a very important part of that of that equation. And Urban Meyer held that together for the six years he was there. Ryan Day was a great, great successor. You can't you think John Harbaugh would do with Ohio State what Ryan Day and Urban Meyer did?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do. I do, really. Well, I can't help you. <laughs> 100% really. That's, uh, that, that's 100%. Now, I'll bring up this comment here. Keith brought up.
1: I was just going to say that.
0: That is the – That I mean – here that's that's all up here so chemistry buddy (laughs) obviously right below me urban will get what he's asking for there were reports of urban meyer asking for 12 million which would by the way that would make him tied with bill belichick for highest paid coach in the league by the way at 12 million which is insane i don't think i i think i think if he gets that he gets that in jacksonville and i'll tell you I'll, i'll tell you why here real quick if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, this is not about rebuilding a culture. This is not about being a better team. The reason why this is here, if Urban Meyer is in Jacksonville, it's to fill seats. Because you put Urban Meyer and you put Trevor Lawrence in, in Jacksonville, your se- your season ticket membership will be a, a lot more than what it is now. It's It's pretty low right now for the Jags. But it will be pretty low for uh, everybody. It'll be a, it'll be a lot <laughs> bigger, one hundred percent. And I'll also I'll end it on this here. I'll end it on this. If Urban Meyer comes to Jacksonville, Justin Fields is in play. Okay. Yeah. If Urban okay. Meyer comes to Jacksonville, I think I think it goes from as of right now, it's about a ninety five percent chance to five percent chance that Justin Fields or it's ninety five percent that they'll get Trevor Lawrence and five percent that they'll get Justin Fields. If Urban Meyer comes, it is at least a 50-50 thing, almost 60-40 Justin Fields.
1: You know what? I am I just got really sad that Ohio State can't play Clemson in the national championship. Yeah. Like, you really want to know about these two quarterbacks who are the perpe- the prospective number one and number two quarterback prospects of all? That, that would have been the thing, because now all you have to say is Justin Fields beat, you know, Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't have another opportunity to show himself. Like I would have loved to see Justin Fields against an Alabama defense or a Notre Dame defense, and then these two go up against each other and you really duke it out. That would answer a lot of questions. But you know, that's just a dream I had once. So
0: <laughs> I had a dream that oh man,
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll skate on by. <laughs> Wait, is
0: that a hockey reference?
1: Are you? Hey, uh, you hockey. Gold medal, baby. Old, red, white, blue, red, and gold.
0: Red, white. Wow, look at you. Did you watch the game last night? I did
1: not. Why not? <laughs> I had class. My, I had class, and uh, it was our first lecture with a really, really uh, top-notch experienced uh, guy in the business that we do here, uh, in Mac McDonald, and we we went about an extra hour because he's just chock full of knowledge i learned so much in an hour and a half and and then uh you know i hung out with some some people i hadn't hung out with in a while so i had to miss it but i wanted to watch it i you did wanted, i wanted to watch. watch it. don't lie to me don't lie to me i wanted to watch it i really was excited and then i just you know are you ready for cap? are you ready for some playoff talk i'm always ready for some playoff talk are you, re- are you ready i'm always ready for some playoff talk you're talking is, NBA playoffs it's real I mean, early
0: i mean no no i'd rather not i'd rather not even I, when the playoffs come i still rather not talk about it but we'll All get right. it.
1: you'll change by then i got you i'm going to get I sure you
0: hope so hey the Knicks are doing well but either either way it's time <laughs> to get into our playoff primer let's do it And of course, this playoff primer and everything else part of this show is sponsored by Halftime Sports Collectibles. Check them out, halftime sports Speaking of playoff teams, they just sold a Nick Chubb signed jersey for a little bit over a hundred bucks, and you get a hundred. Free shipping for orders over a hundred bucks. So you get free shipping on that. A hundred bucks gets you a Nick Chubb signed jersey. I mean, come on, the kid, the guy's in the playoffs. He's one of the best running backs in the league. One of the
1: best uh, running backs 100 in the league.
0: A hundred bucks, man? Get out of here. That just sold on Halftime Sports Collectibles. Many of other things are on there. Go check them out. HalftimesportsCollectibles.com or check out their social media Facebook or Instagram at Halftime Sports Collectibles. AJ. Are you ready to explain this bracket that you have sent over to me? I guess I'm going to do my
1: best. So um,
0: let's, let's show the listeners here, and let's just talk about that first left side in the, in the AFC. This is your bracket here. Explain to me the first – the thing that jumps out to me the most, and this will be the talking point here because our lists are pretty much the same. Let's go all the way down to that four seed against the five seed, the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. You have Baltimore up advancing,
1: beating Tennessee. Why is that? All right. So, you know, there's some things in life that happen from time to time and you start to see it and there's a trend. And so far the trend has been Lamar Jackson being fantastic in the regular season and bad in the playoffs. I think he's like 37 and six or 30 and seven. I think it is in the regular season. And he's zero and two in the playoffs. That stinks. That stinks. <laughs> Lamar Jackson took a step back this season from MVP candidate to a normal talented QB, a normal dual threat QB. He still had to account for, but he was nothing like he was last year. Well, as of late, they started going. They started getting an under. They've got back to what they were doing well last season. And do you know who knocked the Baltimore Ravens out of the playoffs last season? It would be the Tennessee Titans. Have we had a good revenge game this season? Mm-hmm.
0: We Talk- keep talking right.
1: about it. Think yeah. about it, LeVeon Bell with the Jets. Two yards, six K, or two carries, six yards, something like that. Uh <laughs> Frank Gore in Miami. Like, no, Frank Gore in Buffalo. No.
0: Like a good like like revenge, like the person actually got good revenge, or like it was a good game between the two, because Tampa, Mm -hmm. I think, didn't Tampa massacre the Rams, and that was like, oh well, that wasn't really a didn't wait, no, Los Angeles massacred Tampa, and that was the revenge game on from from Los Angeles for Tom Brady.
1: What? I don't know if that counts. Either way, that doesn't count. Yeah. You, you get what I'm getting at. You get what I'm getting at, though. So let's say we did. We may have had one. Well, cool. <laughs> I think this is another one then. If we've had one, this is another good one. That that loss last year, the way that Baltimore was buzzing, the way they were coming in, looking like the heavy favorites, wire to wire the season almost. And then to go down the way they did to a Tennessee Titans team that Ryan Tannehill caught caught fire with late, I think that's going to matter. But if you want to get into between the lines and what happens on the field, I trust Tennessee's, I'm sorry, Baltimore's defense more than I trust Tennessee's defense. Derrick Henry on the Tennessee side is going to be the X factor. He is going to make a lot of runs. If they can get him outside one on one with cornerbacks, forget about it. There's no chance. However, that's the leading rushing NFL. Baltimore is still the leading rushing team in the NFL. So you want to stop one and J.K. Dobbins, well, cool, we're going to throw Gus Edwards at you. you want to stop Gus Edwards, well, cool, we're going to throw Lamar Jackson at you out of the pass. Let me see how you stop that. Oh, guess what? Mark Ingram has definitely fallen off, but he's been in this league a while. And he knows how to make plays. He knows how to get this game going. That's a big deal. And so if they're able to open up the run with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, Hollywood Brown can get loose. Mark Andrews is healthy. He can do those big tight end things that Lamar Jackson needs him to do. And I think I think, based on that, the Baltimore defense is going to make the plays when it matters against the Tennessee offense and not vice versa.
0: So let me, uh, before I even give you a rebuttal, boom, right there. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. You posted that conference. That is that. No, no, it's not spot on. Okay. It wasn't spot on. You want to know why? Because take a look at the bottom left corner of my screen. We're talking about the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens. And then you can revert your eyes up to that Chiefs Titans game because I have the Baltimore Ravens winning that game. I have them beating
1: the Tennessee Titans.
0: I have the Tennessee Titans. Beating the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry, I was a little rattled by the... You the, the, uh, nah, just
1: you fell into what I was saying. You were like, wow, AJ made a lot of sense. I might need to change it you want to, know, you want to know why? You want to know why they won't
0: win? I absolutely game? do. Baltimore's offense hasn't changed. Baltimore's offense has not changed from last year. And the reason why they lost that game is because they were a one-dimensional offense and they are still a one dimensional offense it's rushing it's Lamar there's no playmakers in the receiving core if, if I mean literally you can take if you're Tennessee you can take the same exact game plan you had last season no just Brian get out <laughs> of here get out of here get out of here thing either I mean let's be real here Baltimore's offense is the same exact thing as last season and if I'm Tennessee I'm doing the same exact game plan as last season, coming into this game, and I'm going to win because there is it's 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 the same thing. Yeah, the defense is a little bit better. You have Calais Campbell, you got Yannick Gakwe, but I mean, is it is it that much oh 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 <sighs> finish finish up, finish up. I mean that finish that's up. <laughs> it's plain and simple. It's plain and simple. I think Ryan Tannehill is a game manager, and he'll be able to manage this game into a, a, a win I don't I think they're going to have to rely on him a little bit more than we saw last in the last season in the playoffs but I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to get the job done AJ Brown has really come out this season after after battling injuries at the beginning of the season he has come out to play I think and, and now you have Corey Davis what ha- where was Corey Davis last season he wasn't existent now they have yeah, him he is starting to step up a little a little bit a little bit Johnny a little bit but I think it's stop, the same type of stop. offense in Baltimore. That's the, that's the problem. That is the problem, that this Baltimore offense is still the same. Go ahead.
1: Listen, they did not lose last year because of their one-dimensional offense. They lost last year because they had a ill-advised turnover early in the game and got behind. They didn't even get to run the offense they like to run last season in that playoff game because Tennessee got on them early. It was 17-3 before they could blink. And now – And and this is one thing that bugged me because Baltimore absolutely could have won that game last year had they stuck to their offense. Last year, they abandoned it right away and started throwing the ball. And guess what? That sounds like a good plan. You got the MVP in Lamar Jackson. At that point in time, one of the most accurate passers at his age in the NFL to that point. It sounded like a good plan, but guess what? That's the second time Lamar Jackson had been in the playoffs and still wasn't ready, was still a young buck was still making mistakes. He felt like he had to do every single thing in that game last year when they were down, and that wasn't the case, and that was their down doing. I don't think that's the same thing this year. I think you got some extra help behind him in that triple set in the the backfield. Hollywood Brown is still a deep threat. Willie Sneed is not a big name, but Willie Sneed has shown flashes. Willie Sneed, for about a three-game stretch in this season, was his go-to receiver. Willie Sneed has made plays for him. Mark Andrews will make plays for him. This is something I see. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's not like Tennessee doesn't hold a candle. But I think Baltimore's got to figure this out. I like the 25-point idea. However, I mean, I feel like 25 points is something they're going to hit in mid-third quarter, and then that fourth quarter is going to be a blitz. You know, you're going to see a Derrick Henry 40-yard run. You're going to see a Marquise Brown 25-30-yard touchdown. You're going to see a Lamar Jackson 25-30-yard touchdown. This to me, this to me is is the revenge game. If uh, if Baltimore does not find themselves down right away, if Baltimore stays in their game plan, they can absolutely and probably most likely will win this first round of playoff.
0: I don't think they do. Uh, I, I don't think they do at sure. that. That's our one difference on the
1: AFC side. Now head on over to. I I will say this real quick. If if Kevin Stefanski was in, I would have picked the Browns to pull an upset. By the way,
0: so yeah, let me pull that back up. Let me pull. Either way, this is mine, and both of ours is the same in terms of everything else besides the Baltimore Tennessee game uh, on this AFC side, at least. So Buffalo over Indianapolis, I think that's an easy one. Sad to see Philip Rivers end on another playoff loss, but that's exactly what's going to end up happening. I I don't think – you know, honestly, it was tough for me to pick the Steelers over the Browns, just like what you just said. Yeah. If they had Kevin Stefanski there, I think it would be a little
1: different story, right? I I agree. I agree. I mean, the Browns are going to look really good in the first quarter. You know, that's going to be scripted out and everything, but once it comes time to make adjustments – and Kevin is no longer a part of the equation. I mean, the the Browns are gonna have their hands full. I, I just I hope that they have I hope they like pan out some like bailout plays throughout the game for them to keep it relevant. Because it sucks. I mean, seventeen years, no playoff, and now here you are, and the day after you wanna be celebrating, you find out your head coach, your starting left guard, and a few others come down with COVID and the NFL's not moving the game. Good luck to you. It's a rivalry game. I mean it, it played out nice too, but.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was fun while it lasted. I didn't even have the Browns making it to the playoffs, so I really don't, I don't have that much faith in them. But I'm also, this is like the battle of the two most overrated teams this season to me,
1: yeah. the, Steelers
0: and the Browns. I think they're both completely overrated. The what a lot of people, when the Steelers were winning games, they were undefeated. A lot of people were all on the hype train for the Steelers, but their schedule wasn't that difficult. They had uh, that uh, like everyone was talking about the the Ravens having a very easy schedule and they'll be right back to where they are this, where they were last season. But it's the same with the Steelers. It's the same with the Browns. They all play a, a very easy schedule. One of the lowest ranked schedules in difficulty this season. So I don't think that they're, they're battle tested. I don't think that they're any good. And when you run into a good team, you will eventually fall, which we have in the second round. But AJ, let's go over to the NFC side here in this first round We both have the same exact first round here. What's one of what's one game from this first round in the NFC side that is actually making you a little bit concerned about your pick?
1: Well so (laughs) you know, I won't go the easy route, honestly. I'm gonna go another one because there's a lot of implications in this game. And I'm actually gonna bring up the Seattle Hawks, Seattle Seahawks, and the LA Rams. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of big questions in this game. Like, for instance, is Jared Goff going to play? It's a playoff game. You'd imagine he will. But remember, he just had surgery on his thumb last week. That's why he was out. Uh, if he does play, how is that going to affect his throwing? How is that going to affect his timing? Um, are are they going to take the run game approach? And with that being said, I mean, I think Daryl Henderson just went on IR. So now it's just Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. Jared, Jared Goff don't move out the pocket. So, no. you know, you're not going to have anything to think about from that side of things. Will the defense stay the course? Is Jalen Ramsey going to shadow D.K. Metcalf again? Because when he does, D.K. Metcalf hasn't been a factor. And honestly, I think Jalen Ramsey scared the hell out of D.K. Metcalf that first game because after that, D.K. Metcalf was not the same player. The first game they, they played, they lined up together, two receptions for 28 yards. He took him out of that game completely. Now, the second game he did a little better. I think it was uh, six receptions on eight targets or something like that for like 46 yards, something of that nature. Still, not the DK Metcalf we were all raving about. Is that something that's going to happen again? I had the question about Jamal Adams, but that's a dog. He told us right away, no question in my mind, I will be out there Sunday. And since Jamal Adams has came back in week nine, let me pull this up for you. When Jamal Adams came back, so before Jamal Adams, while he was gone, the Seahawks were allowing 28.8 points per game. Once he came back in week nine, 14.4 points a game. They allowed over 23 points only one time. And that was the week he came back in that shootout game against the number two Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Jamal Adams is a game changer. Having him in the back, holding down that secondary along with Bobby Wagner, holding down the rest of the defense has changed things. And if they can be okay, I like, I like Seattle's defense against what Jared Goff and injured Jared Goff or a John uh, Walford can do <laughs> against them. So Little, but the defense of the Rams, I mean, and what, what Russell Wilson. I know you have things to say about Russell Wilson. I,
0: you know, I think he comes out to play. As you can see, in, on my side of the bracket here, I'll pull it up here for for my side. It's the same thing at that, in that first in that first round. I have Seattle beating the Rams because I I don't think the Rams are clicking on all cylinders just yet. I think that Seattle finds their game, and it's something that you, that you brought up. I love that you brought up the Jamal Adams thing in that defense because and to go over to the fantasy purpose of uh, like the fantasy side of things. Remember the all season long, we were like player wide receivers when you, when they play against Seattle, player wide receivers, play against Seattle, basically play anybody against Seattle towards the end of the season. That started to change that matchup wasn't as easy as it was at the beginning of the season. They've started to pick it up a lot. So I, I love Seattle in this game. I'm that one. Isn't something that I'm concerned about, but I want to go into the comments here real quick and, Go o- back over to the AFC side. Yeah, Dante brought up something with oh. the Colts. I, I, I must, uh, I guess I will be underestimating them because, yeah. like, I think they're one of those teams that they have a great defense. They're, they're that's a team that's firing on all cylinders going into the playoffs. But I mean, it's the Bills, man. It's the Bills. They, that that team you talk about firing on all cylinders. That team is firing on all cylinders.
1: Yeah. And and as good as as good as the Colts defense was this season, they really tailored off the last couple weeks of the season. They got it back together a little bit in week sixteen, week seventeen, with uh Bobby Okereke coming back and uh, Kenny Moore started putting up a couple uh, numbers in that secondary. You know, Darius Leonard's fully healthy. So I mean, if, if anything, if they're back to what they looked like, yeah, I could see it being a closer game. But I mean. Look at what the Bills just did without all their starters, yeah. man. Like, at a team who had everything going for them and just needed a win. Yeah. They, man, they just put played the for hurt. that
0: game. They had something to play for in that game, and their backups still dominated. But I'm going back. Let's travel back over to this NFC side, and I'm going to bring up the game that I'm most concerned about. And that I can finally agree with your boy here. <laughs> Even though they changed their name, and I will pull up. He, he fixed it. He fixed it. I'll bring it up. Wait, where is it here? Sorry. Oh, there it is. Got it. Boom. So Dante <laughs> here, although you agreed with AJ earlier and you guys are both completely wrong. Just letting you guys know you're both terribly, terribly wrong. But this four versus all right, all right, all right, all right. Tampa game here that I think that is the game that I'm the most concerned about, because one thing the one what would let me ask you this. Let's, let me play my question game here. Tampa Bay, okay. Tom Brady. What's one of his biggest flaws that his whole entire career has been about? People. No, get out of here. It's running in the pocket. It's just—it's it, it, being its being pressured and not being able to handle the pressure. Get out of here. Get out of here. Wait a – I kind of teed you mm. up a softball there and you really just – Did you? Sorry,
1: you did. I just see a lot of holes in Tom Brady's game. That's all.
0: I don't – hey, get out of here. He's the GOAT. But either way, There's though, Washington, you about. Washington's defense, their one good thing is that pass rush. Their, their pass rush is scary. In my opinion, they're and in the yeah. playoffs. I think these guys like you heard Chase Young at the end of that Eagles game. He was like, I want Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady. And everyone's talking about how 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 people they're saying, No, you don't, you don't want Tom. You don't want him. This and that. You do. You do <laughs> you do because you are going to eat. Okay. You Alan, that entire defensive line is going to eat. I'm telling you this right now. They're going to have their way with that Buccaneers offensive line. They're going to get to Tom Brady. And that's one of the reasons why I'm worried about this game. Now, going back to it, I have Tampa advancing, okay? I have them moving yeah. on to Bay Green Bay. But that is the game that I'm most worried about, man. It's, it scares me. It really does. And so, I,
1: so, I'm glad you brought up that defensive line. This, this game... It's going to be a battle. So week 17, I went to the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Falcons game, see my boys get the hurt put on them. And, um, you know, we were we're, we're walking in and there was just some other Bucs fans and they were all excited because we were more than likely getting that NFC East playoffs. And I was like, you better hope to God that the Giants find a way to get into this playoffs because I don't think you want Washington. I don't. Now, that doesn't mean that Tampa Bay can't pull it out, but that's a much harder matchup. And this game will be a battle that will happen in the trenches. Washington has invested so much on that front line. They've taken a first-round pick and used it on that front line each of the last four years, starting with Jonathan Allen, then getting De'Ron Payne, then finding Montez Sweat, and then getting Chase Edmonds, I'm sorry, Chase Young, the (laughs) presumptive NFL defensive rookie of the year, you know, to be determined. And all they have done is eat offensive lines for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner, depending on whenever they were playing. Now, with that being said, Tampa Bay's offensive line has turned it up since the bye week. Yep. In the last six games, Tampa Bay has only allowed Tom Brady to be sacked more than once in one game. In one game in the last seven games. One time. Every other than that, he's either not been touched or been sacked once. Tristan Wirfs has allowed one sack all year. Their rookie yeah, right Yeah, I've
0: I've seen people have him in the offensive rookie of the year category over James Robinson. I've seen it. And, and Justin
1: Jefferson and Justin Herbert. That's oh, interesting. No, I, to me. I'm
0: not going to say I'm not going to say over them, but either. I, but I've seen it. Right. I saw something the other day where it had it over. So let's go back over to the AFC side here. And let's move on to our round two. And I want to bring up a comment here. And I also want to give a special shout out to Michael Sherman here. He is this guy, this first off the comments. Obviously, you can see it here. Bill's got screwed by a schedule makers. Number two seed in the AFC. And the reward is the shortest rest by playing Saturday at one. I want you to die to dissect that and give me your thoughts on that comment. But before I want to give this shout out to Michael Sherman. I messaged him. He's in one of the podcast groups that I'm in. And I messaged him. I was like, hey. Your live stream that you have for your show, which is, shout out to Broad Street South Sports Talk. Had to look it up. Wanted to make sure I had it right. Check it out. Broad Street South Sports Talk. Great show. Watched their live. Their thing was running. They had all the bells and whistles that we're trying to get on this Mm -hmm. show. I asked him how how he made it happen. He told me. I appreciate the feedback. He got back to me. Awesome takes. This comment, though, man. What are your thoughts on them being screwed the Bills being screwed over here
1: with the shortest rest in week one? I mean, I get it. It 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 sucks, but if there was ever a year to me that that won't really matter, it's this one. I mean, what has a schedule been all season? I mean, yeah. you've had games on Tuesday, you've had games on Wednesday, Saturday at one, and they just put a beat down on some teams. I think the starters are pulled late, early, late third quarter, something of that nature, they're going to be ready for the game. I understand it could be more of a toll, but I don't, I don't see them. I don't see them having a setback. I don't see them having an issue. And if they do lose this game, I don't see it because they didn't play at four forty or eight 15 that night, or because they played on Sunday, it'll be something else. If there's ever a time where a team comes more prepared to play, it is week one of the playoffs especially a team like the bills who've been sitting in the back waiting for so long to have an opportunity like this, where they're the top dog, you know, where they're running the division, where they're putting people on notice. I mean, they've won, I think their last six games by almost 20 points a game. I mean, so, so their mentality. and Sean McDermott wasn't happy about that. He's like, we can do better. Their mentality coming to this game is they counted us out last year. They're still counting us out when we were doing what we were doing this year. So now we're putting people on notice. So I think they're going to come in this game ready, like you said, all all firing on all cylinders. Josh Allen can't look like he looked last year. I swear to you, if I see Josh Allen about to get sacked and he throws a pass behind his back, I will never mess with the Bills Mafia ever again. Can't happen. Blew my mind. I will never forget that play. <laughs> I think they're going to be ready, though.
0: I think so too. I think so too. So let's go into it here. This is your second round here. Obviously, ours are a little different here. You have the Chiefs playing the Ravens. I have the Chiefs playing the Titans. If you're the Chiefs, who do you not want to play? Obviously, you yeah. have Baltimore winning. But if you're the Chiefs and you're looking at this game right now, are you still are you want? Because to me, I if I'm the Chiefs, I don't want to play
1: Baltimore either, and I picked the Titans. Yeah. See, but, ironically, ironically, though, I, I think they don't want to play the Titans. I, I think so. So, although it's going to sound so weird, although Baltimore has that lead rushing attack, they have two to three different weapons. I still think Derrick Henry is a worse matchup for the Chiefs rushing defense. That's true. I, that's a, I think I, as he gets stronger as they go on, it's hard taking those type of hits. But against a Baltimore team, if you get up on them and you're taking the run game a little bit out of the, out of the equation, that's something that they're going to be easier to stop. If you have a J.K. Dobbins running through the tackles and then trying to make a move, that's something you can get extra help on. But you having two and three guys who can't get a hand on Derrick Henry or trying to gang tackle him, that's going to take way more out of you. And even if you pull it out, that makes your AFC championship game that much harder. So I I hope I made sense of where I'm coming from on that. (laughs) Because I know that's weird. That
0: definitely makes sense. And I bring up the the bracket one more time because we have a comment here from Allison. She's talking about the Steelers and saying that they need to move up more. AJ, why – I've already given my take on the Steelers. Why haven't – why didn't the Steelers move up more?
1: So it's – in this (laughs) – in this battle here. You know, we both have we both had them possibly able to lose in the first round if the Browns didn't get coveted. <laughs> but COVID now it. in the second coveted <laughs> the Browns, cool. Browns didn't do. think I'm really making light of a pandemic. You know, it, it it's ravished us all. Let's let's try to smile and look forward to 2021. But exactly exactly with with, with, with the Steelers, like you kind of said, they had an easy, an easy go at it in the beginning of the season. Their schedule wasn't that that hard, you know? Yes, they had some trying games, and Dallas gave them run through their money. I get that. But then we watched them falter and, the, and lose three games in a row. And it wasn't just that they put an L on that sheet. It was how they looked when they were losing. Like, they looked bad. They looked like they weren't even the same team anymore. So you wouldn't want to put faith in a Mike Tomlin to get these guys ready to go playoff week. Like, it's hard to bet against a Mike, a Mike Tomlin. But then... You add this thought process of them not being on all, on all the same page against a Buffalo Bills team that is, and a Buffalo Bills team that is scoring at will, and a Stephon Diggs who's having a career year, a Josh Allen who I once thought should have been the number one pick, but, you know, I don't make those choices. <laughs> this, team, this team is just so good. Now, their defense, they have to play lights out three, four weeks straight. The yep. Bills defense has to play lights out three, four weeks straight. And they'll have to play lights out against Pittsburgh because, you know, Pittsburgh's defense, even with their linebacking injuries, are coming to play. But right now, today, I can't go against the Buffalo Bills. I can't either. reason I should.
0: I can't either. And this is a really good point by Michael here. I'm going to pull it up. Winning NFL teams need to have an effective run game. They will get by the Browns. But after that, they may be in trouble. That right there, and it's similar to the Baltimore Ravens talk that I had before, one-dimensional offenses do not survive in the playoffs, and that's similar to what he says yeah. here. One-dimensional offenses do not survive in the playoffs, and if maybe you can get James Connor going. James Connor was good the first half of the season; he was decent. Uh, he wasn't bad. I mean,
1: he wasn't. I, he, they he had wasn't. a lot of offensive line problems, but but he never got it back, and that that's what worries me. Like, what did you get? One good hit that just made you forget you love playing this game. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand what happened. He, he never got it back. Like, that that's a team that used to look at their run game and feared it a little bit. That's their yeah. mantra. Run the ball, stop the run. And so far, they have not been able to run the ball as of late. And if you can't do that against a Bills team, who honestly, that's where you want to hurt them. <laughs> that's where you want to hurt them. You want to pound that down yeah. the throats before you start throwing the ball, especially if Ben is trying to spread the ball around like he does. So it... <laughs> I'm jazzed, bro. Like I can't even finish sentences. We got football <laughs> coming up, bro. Like,
0: let, let me get you even more jazzed here, because like I said before, you look at AJ's bracket and then you look at mine. It's pretty much the same going in the conference. The, these these semifinals here, mm. but then you go into then you go into the winners here. We go over to the NFC mm-hmm. side. You have the Bucks beating the Packers here. I don't like that. I, I, know I you don't. I don't I don't like that at all. Let me let me pull that up. Your Bucks beating the Packers. I don't like it. Explain yourself.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. So you remember I told you when I sent you my bracket? Yep. I don't know how I feel about this part on the you NFC side. Not, I'm solid on not, the NFC. Do you not even like your own pick here? No, not what I'm saying. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> this would be the game that I'm uneasy on in this round of the NFC. However, it's Tom Brady. Okay. It's okay. Hold on. Hold on. It's a defense that is has stepped up beyond measure. So far, if you get Devin White, Levante David going, if you get um, Pierre Paul going, and Damacon Sue going. Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis—they've got—they've got a defensive chemistry. They understand their jobs. They know how to do their jobs. And what's the one thing Tom Brady took from the Patriots over the Bucks? Do your job. Yeah, that's and that—that's something that I think they're gonna do. Now, when it comes to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is all world, top notch in the in the um, MVP discussion. He will but be MVP if all he can find is Devontae Adams. Don't this say his name. This isn't question. Don't say this his isn't name. Even a question. Don't say <laughs> I, his name. We know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. We know what Aaron Jones is going to do. We know what he who shall not be named is going Thank to do. You.
0: Thank you. And That's for those not going to be enough. For those who are new, that he who <laughs> shall not be named, and I will whisper his name here, and this is the only time I'll say his name, Devontae Adams. That's the only time I'll say his name, but he shall not be mentioned because he broke my heart and lost me $450. If a man lost you $450, you would also not say his name. Just letting you know. Proceed. Sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all good. I get it. I get it. And, you know, it's funny, though, you bringing that up. I mean, I, I wonder what happened in that game. Did somebody key in on Devontae Adams and make them have to do something else? <sighs> that They case. have to make them use an Alan Lazard, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling, an Equinemius St. Brown, because that's what you're going to need. You are going to need weapons against a team that has weapons. You can't have you can't have a Devontae Adams in the fourth quarter. He's all world being fatigued because guess what? A Chris Godwin's not going to be fatigued. You know why? They spent so much time in the third quarter on Antonio Brown. Antonio yeah. Brown's not going to be fatigued. You know why? Because in the fourth quarter, they're spreading the ball to Gronk and Godwin and Ronald Jones and Fournette out the background. Oh, here's Cameron Braid because you weren't going to even think about him whatsoever. There are I'll so do- many weapons. You weren't.
0: You weren't. How, how dare you bring up Leonard Fournette, okay? How dare you bring up Leonard Fournette? He wasn't that man doing is,
1: anything in the Jags.
0: That man is a
1: bum. What do you mean he
0: wasn't doing anything with the Jags? He was one of the best running backs in the league when he was with the Jags. I mean before, like,
1: like last season, bro. Like, I'm not talking like when he got there. We know what he did. They let him go for a reason, did they not? Well, if well, he, because was, running, he was one of the best I Running backs are useless. They're the it's the it is the most replaceable. So then, play. why are you even arguing with me about it? I don't
0: like you up for I just don't like you bringing that letter for it. And you know what? Honestly, the, you, I would assume that Dante. You know, you over here. I can't. tell You are sending me mixed signals on whether I should enjoy your comments or not. Because then you brought up the, the man's name that he should shall not be named. I was gonna pull up your comment here because I wanted to <laughs> discuss it. Well, I'll, all right. I'll be I'll be nice here. I'll. Get you down. <laughs> Well, this is uh, – you know what, AJ? You know what? You know what? Oh. <laughs> not even going to get into it. No, I'm leaving. That's it. End of the show. You, I'll, bring up the comment, though.
1: I'll
0: bring up your comment, though. This comment here, don't know if the Bucks can play in the Frozen Tundra in Lambeau, and let me pull up my bracket here because I have – oh, that's not my bracket. Which is my bracket here? Oh, there's my bracket that's here. is cool. my bracket. I have the Saints beating – the Seahawks and I have the Packers beating the Bucks. Now in the NFC side, we'll go into the NFC championship. That is the reason why I have the Packers moving on and beating the saints because I don't think whoever travels. I'll... Okay. y'all not getting, <laughs> getting out of hand. You're, you're getting out of hand with this Devonte Adams talk. I don't appreciate it. I <laughs> got to figure out a way to remove AJ from the producer role here in the show, uh, but no, don't he, I, can't, I, can't, I can't with that man. He shall not be named. But either way, I have that man going to the Super Bowl here because of the frozen tundra that is Green Bay. I don't think Tom Brady can go in there and do it, although he has more of – the thing is, is the difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees, Tom Brady has spent his entire career playing in the frozen tundra that is New England, okay? may not get as cold or brutally cold as it does at Lambeau, but it still gets cold, so he might have a better chance here. But Drew Brees, on the other hand, in my NFC championship game, he's already been banged up. It's going to be he plays a dome, so he really does not have much experience in this type of weather. I think it's an easy win for Green Bay here. I think that is going to end up being an easy win, and they move on to the Super Bowl. AJ,
1: what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, so I mean, if you if you bring mine back up real quick, um it, it kind of just a- after the Green Bay Bucks pick for me, the Bucks ended, it kind of became a heart call, you know, kind of just like, you know, I'm a Florida boy. If my Falcons can't do it, I want one of us in Florida, to make it happen. And so I picked them there. And then once I get to the saints bucks, I love this matchup. I think that's going to be a high profile, two goats really going at it for supremacy. One on the way out, if he wins the other, probably going to stick around another three years. Um <laughs> But I, I don't know if the Saints can get that close to tasting victory and not giving themselves an actual shot in the Super Bowl. If Michael Thomas comes back and is actually healthy, uh, you, got, you got Alvin Kamara coming back this week off of, honestly, a week of rest because he was asymptomatic through this COVID result the entire time. So he gets the rest, comes back ready to go, ready to run after, what, a six-touchdown performance a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know Emmanuel Sanders, he and he and Drew Brees has a great chemistry, but that defense of the Saints, top five, you can't run the ball on them as much as you want to, and the Malcolm Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins, Marcus Williams, those guys in that backfield in in that secondary, they're no joke. They're no joke. Did they you know what they, they Mar- know Mar- what they're did, they they did you even mention Marshall Lattimore? Did you even no? Mention I, I, I had a, I had a brain flow. I was like, I know there's another name because I, I like to call him the M's, but Janoris uh, <laughs> Jenkins this, messed it up. So
0: it's good that you didn't mention him. It's great that you didn't mention Marshawn Lattimore because this is the reason why I have Green Bay beating the Saints in the, one of the many reasons why I have Green Bay beating the Saints. I don't think Marshawn Lattimore has been that good. I think he's been very very susceptible to great wide receiver play. I think he's been blown out by good wide receivers this season he's been deep he's been beat a lot on the deep ball and i think Devonte adams is going to be able to pick him Devonte adams and aaron oh i said his name twice i said his name twice yeah, you love that man
1: <laughs>
0: so, hate myself all right aj let's get into the championship here and we both have we both have the chiefs winning okay we haven't talked about the chiefs at all because they've been kind of that one team that's just going to roll. If you want to see this is my bracket, I have the Chiefs up top. AJ also has the Chiefs up top. It's not much – there's no difference here in our Super Bowl winner. Back-to-back Super Bowl champions, Chiefs. AJ, what makes the Chiefs stand out? What what makes the Chiefs this easy pick?
1: They haven't missed a beat. They haven't missed a beat, and their defense got better from last year. And last year, they were on a run. Like, they, their defense started picking up right at the right time, and then they carry that over. Frank Clark's been a monster. Tyra Matthew is always going to be a guy who holds down a secondary. But that offense is prolific. I mean, Travis Kelsey quietly might have led the league, almost led the league in reception yards. Like, Tyreek Hill having 200-yard games. Then you got Sammy Watkins being the pick-it-apart route-running guy. Then you got an X-factor in um, Nicole Hartman. Nicole Hartman, You know, yeah. There's just so many people. Demarcus Robinson makes plays when you're not expected it to. There's just so many people that can make things happen. Now, Le'Veon Bell has to get going. That I one game to, has to be I, something.
0: I was just about to ask you. We talk about Baltimore. I talked about Baltimore being one-dimensional. We talk about Pittsburgh being one-dimensional. What makes Kansas City an exception here? Because they're one they're one dimensional, you can't tell me that Clyde edwards lair has been good this season. You can't tell me Le'Veon Yeah, no, And
1: I don't think he'll be in. So, so what's here's the, the th- crazy th- part about it? Even if they just pass the ball, because of all these weapons, they're not one dimensional. They do so many things in that pass game. You know, for this counts as a pass to so just shovel it off to your jet sweep guy. The way that they shovel the ball to Travis Kelsey near the ends near the end zone in the red zone. That's been something that teams haven't been able to stop. The, they find creative ways to get Miko Hardman and Tyree Kill open, they find the the true bread and brother of the wide receiver game in Sammy Watkins and getting him the ball. You know, run a crisp route, you'll have the ball on time. And then it's Patrick Mahomes. They can just pass the ball and not be one dimensional. I know that's weird because he's like the yeah. definition of one dimensional means, you know, they're just well, passing. But
0: Holmes being as good as he is, he allows you to just make that whole entire statement go away where one dimensional does not matter. And I mean, he's one dimension. You, what did we see in the Super Bowl last season, though? What did we see? We saw Damian Williams. End up coming out of no, Like he wasn't really that good all season long. And then he ended up killing it in the Super Bowl. Ended up killing it in the Super Bowl. Almost won MVP if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes being, well, Patrick Patrick Mahomes. But he ended up really helping that team out a lot. Now, the one thing that makes me nervous about my pick is I have Green Bay. I think that Green Bay might be able to control the ball a little bit better and not allow Patrick Mahomes to be on the field. Like that, they, they have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a great running back. They might use him a little bit more in the Super Bowl and end up controlling this game to where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a chance. But either way, I think he ends up having a chance that they win.
1: Like, you, you remember last week when we went live and we talking college football, and uh, you brought up time of possession, and I said how some teams' time of possession doesn't have to be a factor. Kansas City is one of those teams. I mean, they could they can score at will almost i mean don't get me wrong and they're still going up against nfl teams i understand that but they can score when they need to uh jose said patrick mahomes with time left on the clock like yeah like you you better be the last one with the ball and it better not be close because if that's the case and Patrick mahomes has the ball who's your money on It's patrick mahomes that's absolutely and, and I get that Green Bay's defense has come alive a little bit in the secondary. It's really good for them that Kansas City doesn't really have a running game unless, you know, Darwin, Darwin Thompson is this year's Damian Williams or something of that nature. But
0: Clyde could come back. We could see a Clyde sighting.
1: There could I, be- I thought he was out for the season. I haven't heard anything about him coming back. I mean, that injury he had was, was pretty, pretty substantial. I love him. Um,
0: Lev Bell, man. Lev Bell.
1: yeah. Anything about time for him to get a ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's gonna um, get. But great. yeah, I don't think time of possession will be. I mean, unless they take it down to zeros on the clock, I, yeah. He, I, I never, I never can count that one out. I mean, all they did last playoff run was come from behind double digits every game. So, <laughs> agreed.
0: I mean, they're a special team, man. They are truly a special team, and we both. I mean, we both have them going back to back. And Andy Reid from goes from not having a, a single Super Bowl ring to going back to back. That it mm-hmm. what? Would it be crazy? We talked about coaching earlier. Would it be crazy if Andy Reid retired after this year and Eric Biedemi ends up getting the head coaching job at
1: Kansas City? Would it be? Is it crazy? Talk about, talk about a ride into the sunset story. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'd be really happy for both of those guys if that was if that was the storyline. But Andy Reid ain't done. He's hungry. <laughs> Pat Mahomes got a decade deal. He's like, I'll be here another decade.
0: <laughs> is he literally hungry or is he just metaphorically hungry? Is which probably
1: which both. Probably both. Probably both. Probably a little bit of both. Get himself a ham sandwich and uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You so. know, get ready for next season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh we're we're excited to see it all happen. There's our playoff brackets one last time. I'll show the entire world here. Let me uh let me pull it up here. We're working with a lot of a lot of stuff here, man. A lot of stuff. My
1: bracket. Come on, Boom. Bucks. Come Boom. on, Bucks. Make me right. I almost want Washington to win. Like I hope, I possibly. feel you, bro. I feel you a little. Like, like that's the only person I'm okay with them losing until the Super Bowl with because I do believe it's going to be that type of a game. But I, I'm with you. I feel you on yeah. that. I hope you, yeah. you know I picked the Bucks to win. But
0: yeah, well, you you did, you did. But either way, these are our brackets. That's AJ's. You just saw mine. We both have the Chiefs. The big differences here are the Titans in the Baltimore game. That's a big difference. How far Tampa goes is also a big difference. We'll be on the lookout for it. AJ, do you have any last?
1: words hit that like hit that share hit that subscribe tell everybody if you ain't sharing this page yet you know hey something's wrong yeah. with you something's wrong 100- with you, you might, you might want to go get a checkup
0: 100 <laughs> also also share 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 i should have this is terrible broadcasting on my part or on both of our parts at this point we didn't tell you guys to share at the beginning that is what helps this podcast grow that's what helps us grow if you don't be selfish. We, we, this is the time. It's 2021. You're getting yourself as a new you. Don't be selfish. Share the show. Let everyone know the greatness that they're missing. Have them join in the conversation. Like I said, we will pull up comments all day long and talk with you guys. I mean, this is fun for us. Like we were recording on Mondays. We're doing the show, and then we did our lives. And we're like, man, talking with everyone in the, in, in the live show is fantastic. It adds a whole nother element that we all love and enjoy. So share, 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 share. Let all of your friends come in here. Let's make this one giant party at the Rough Cut Sportscast. AJ, tell them where they can find us.
1: You can find us live tomorrow. We talk NHL hockey right here on Facebook at Rough Cut Sports. Also live on Twitter at roughcut__sports. And then head over to Instagram, share, 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 like at the Rough Cut Sportscast. And if you ever want to re-listen to a video or re-listen to a video, re-watch a video, listen to another episode, all of our videos are up on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere you get your podcast. We are everywhere. Tell... Everybody. You didn't even run down the list.
0: I'm waiting for like the, the classic AJ. You can tell man, go down the whole family tree and it didn't happen. I
1: wanted you to I, I thought you would jump in and knock that part out.
0: You want me to tell everyone to tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your children, tell your mommy, tell your daddy, tell your brother, to your sister, your cousin, your aunt, Yeah, I say. Aunt. I don't say uncle, by the way. I say aunt. <laughs> it's a northern thing, it's just it's it's different, okay?
1: Understandable. We aunties got aunties down here.
0: Tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell your cousin, tell your (laughs) twice removed sister that you don't like or whatever.
1: Tell everybody,
0: share, share,
1: share. Everybody, I like it.
0: Everybody. On that note, AJ, let's send it out. Adios, turd nuggets. We will see you tomorrow on live.